0: Welcome to the Digital Public Relations Podcast, covering news and trends in the digital space. Produced by the students in the Public Relations Program in the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Ian Jameson. And my name is Austin Monogold. And on today's episode of Flash's Talk, we're uh, going to be talking about Facebook's ethics, uh, some of the violations that they may have committed, some public scrutiny, and how that relates to PR practitioners and digital public relations in general. So uh, a few days ago, uh, some new documents were leaked to the press about a whistleblower testifying against Facebook. Uh, uh, almost a month ago at this point, someone actually did come forward who used to work there and testified in front of uh, the US government talking about some of these malpractices and violations, that kind of stuff. Uh, but again, day or two ago, documents were released and some interesting main points were brought up. So uh, new documents were leaked. Uh, and back in 2019, 2020-ish, Some testers at Facebook decided to create accounts to see how their algorithm worked and targeted people. So they created the, the, these accounts and they focused and tried to prioritize them as middle class, uh, middle aged kind of uh, Christian conservatives. And within two days of them creating their account, uh, they were recommended uh, far right conspiratorial content from organizations and from people who believe in things like QAnon, that kind of thing. Uh, They created these accounts. And after they did, and after they saw that they were getting recommended extremist content, the employee that did this left and told management that this was one of, if not the main reason why they left in, uh, in her letter. Another main point that was brought up was on November 9th, a Facebook uh, data scientist informed his colleagues about um, that about 10% of all U.S. views of political content on the platform were of content alleging there had been election fraud. This has happened right after the election. There were huge uh, campaigns and movements to uh, stop vote counting and claiming that the presidential election was uh, riddled with fraud. Uh, And the data scientist also revealed that as many as one in every 50 views on Facebook at the time supported this. Uh, Facebook also disbanded a 300 person quote uh, civic integrity team in early December, just after the, uh, the stop the Steal movement gained more and more traction and momentum. The civic uh, integrity team had been in place for pretty much the whole election cycle to try and monitor and suppress unfounded and, non-factual content Uh, the new york times also had an interesting quote in one in an article that they posted Uh, they said what the documents do not offer is a complete picture of decision making inside facebook some internal studies suggested that the company struggled to exert control over the scale of its network and how quickly information spread while other reports hinted that facebook was concerned about losing engagement or damaging its reputation Yet what was unmistakable is that Facebook's own employees believed the social network could have done more, according to these documents. It also came out that uh, this whistleblower showed that Facebook seems to be prioritizing profits over the safety of its site and also hiding its internal research from investors and from the public. Uh, employees are apparently under a lot of pressure to drive engagement up, which Silicon Valley is full of engagement and numbers and uh, qualitative data, but people working in the industry said that even Facebook has been like extreme compared to other companies. Uh, TikTok and other social media platforms have younger bases that Facebook is hungry for, which is another reason why they've tried to focus on engagement. Uh, They still prioritize growth compared to reforms and Facebook have, uh, they've pushed a false equivalency Between keeping it as it is or opening it up to a full uh, freedom of speech, Facebook wouldn't be the same anymore. It wouldn't function in the same way, Uh, which from what has been talked about isn't exactly true. Uh, it's, It's somewhat of a false dichotomy. Uh, facebook's pr uh chief last week said that the whistleblower the these disclosures that they made were quote an orchestrated gotcha campaign that was uh guided by her public relations advisors uh and then regarding the january 6th insurrection or attempted insurrection employees were angry that they felt uh and they felt it was their fault but uh Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, sent a company-wide message saying that he was saddened and uh, he was distraught to hear this news, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's come out recently. And uh, I think that generally, uh, how does this impact PR practitioners Facebook is used, I think, so many uh, for so many things in our industry, like ads and campaigns, to name a few. Uh, and people are tending to lose trust with it, especially younger audiences.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think, like, especially younger audiences see what's going on with Facebook and they see these kinds of issues, and um, they they know it's not something that can be taken seriously because um, we're all familiar, our generation, with algorithms and like. I feel like we noted a lot, especially with like Instagram, when the algorithm changed, you noticed like different people were seeing your posts. So we got a grasp on what an algorithm was early on and to see how, um, as the Washington Post said, Facebook programmed their algorithm that decides what people see in their news feeds to use the reaction emoji as a signal to push a more emotional and provocative content to them, um, including content that would likely make them angry. So starting in 2017, Facebook's ranking al- algorithm treated emoji reactions as five times more valuable than likes, um, which it, it evokes that Facebook is wanting to get a response out of people to feed its algorithm. And that is something that cr- can create a very like toxic, hostile environment on the platform. And I think you can ask anyone from our generation that that is something that is the truth. And it kind of drove us away from it for a while um, because Facebook, uh, also from the Washington Post, Facebook for three years systematically amped up some of the worst of its platform, making it more prominent in users' feeds and spreading it to a much wider audience, again, because it would get reactions. So these reactions created that toxic environment that led up to events like the insurrection. It was very clear that things were getting worse and worse, that The polarization of the platform was getting more and more heated. And that um, I think any Facebook user can tell you that they've seen one or two aggressive political posts in their time. And that's just something that should be regulated or at least monitored in some way, or at the very bare minimum, not fed into and profited off of, because it has become something that has led to violence in the past. And as Ian said earlier, there are employees that felt like what, you know, what we're doing is wrong. It doesn't feel right. And that's what led this um, whistleblower to do what she did to call out the company. And it, it's just been so interesting to see how um, Zuckerberg reacted on the day of the insurrection, sending out that message that he was saddened. But all of these employees had faced years of frustration and felt like they were responsible for what happened. So I think that um, just feeds into it all of like how Facebook's like ethical stance on the way they're functioning doesn't really function well with Congress. Like it has to stop somewhere.
1: Right. And they've mentioned that a lot of younger people have left for other platforms, um, which right. uh, anecdotally, I, I know that Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat, all those sites generally have yo- more like, younger people on them. Exactly. So what's interesting is that um, how I think PR practitioners should look at the site in general. Not, There's not to say that there aren't young people on there or young people even like active on there. I know that a lot of people say, Oh, well, I have Facebook just to contact family. That's it. Um, but I think it's interesting to, or, or it'll be interesting to notice the demographic shifts because generally when we think of PR and getting the word out for like an advertisement or campaign or an organization, It's using Facebook ads and stuff like that. But if the organization or the message or whatever it may be needs to be like gotten or sold to younger people, how many people in the next, I don't know, five, 10 plus years, if that are going to kind of ignore Facebook, if that's their demographic that they're looking for and move to other sites that might have better luck. Again, that's just something that could fluctuate, but especially with all the negative uh, press around these ethical concerns about driving engagement for profit versus safety, et cetera, et cetera, that it'll be something that I'm at least interested in looking uh, to see what, like, you know, like what will happen. Of course. And me too, honestly,
0: because going into the public relations industry and especially digital PR, social media is extremely relevant because it involves the largest online forms of communication and that is social media. So the way um, Facebook is kind of, made itself it, it's kind of a red flag in a sense for reaching target audiences because you want to reach your audiences and you want to get your messages to them but you want to do it ethically and that can really be it can be questioned now on that platform um, because digital pr like as a definition for those of you who don't who might not be familiar with the field of pr um it's using online platforms to manage and grow the reputation and awareness of your business and it's something that applies to any brand and any brand that uses social media at least and they're going to have to have that online presence to reach their target audiences and for any business it would be so important to reach it, the younger audiences the could be lifelong customers and could be people that would benefit you for years to come so Knowing where they are, what kind of platforms they're using is really important, as well as just the individuals that your brand is trying to target. But again, you have to do it ethically. So, online, we're trying to find and contact those uh, audiences. And um, it just to find those demographics, Facebook does have a lot of analytical like benefits. But if you are using and feeding into this platform that has caused violence before has caused employees to leave because of a toxic environment. You really have to kind of take that second look and realize, is it worth it to use this platform? If that makes
1: sense. Right. And something that I've seen over the past, uh, maybe like year or so. So, uh, recently Apple has implemented systems that prevent cross site tracking. So basically when you go on Facebook or other sites, they can technically, if you have certain settings on or off, they can track you and your movements and your ad preferences, all that kind of stuff across various websites. And Apple, of all companies, decided to prevent that or have an option to turn that off across all apps that use that, um, mm-hmm. like through the iOS hardware. And what I was looking at was a lot of independent businesses and businesses in general have noticed that their sales and engagements have plummeted because of this. To the point where Facebook even like took out a full like page ad. I forget what newspaper was in, but it was pretty, pretty recently. It took out a full page ad, like hammering against Apple saying like, don't do this. We have small businesses on here, et cetera, et cetera. Which again, like I kind of applaud Apple for that of all, again, Mm -hmm. of all companies. But it's also interesting to see Facebook prop up their business uh, users. People use it for e-commerce or for again, PR purposes, et cetera while also having these ethical concerns going on in the background, it's one of those, maybe you should get your own house in order before commenting on other (laughs) people's stuff. Um, But I find that it'll be interesting to see a lot of independent businesses and small time people. Uh, Like for example, there are a lot lot of restaurants in foreign countries where Facebook is literally the internet for them. Uh, And Mm -hmm. those restaurants, they don't have websites. Their website is on Facebook. So when you go to a, a restaurant and you look up and it takes you to their facebook page that's what a lot of places around the world have um mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see uh how revenues and shifting users and blocking tracking stuff all that kind of stuff how that impacts those businesses uh whether it's for better in the end or for worse
0: exactly because it it can, it's such a huge beast at this point, obviously, Facebook is a worldwide phenomenon and has been for years, and some um, countries and community really, really do have a lot of their society built around it, so wherever Facebook goes ethically, it's gonna have a huge impact.
1: Exactly, um, so yeah, I th- we think that this whole topic, I mean, it's going to be ongoing for a while, but mm-hmm. we think it's really interesting, and has a lot of real world implications for uh, public relations professionals. And I mean, people in general, honestly.
0: Right. Well, um, yeah. Thank you all for joining us for this conversation on Facebook ethics. I think Um, it's a relevant topic and hopefully we can
1: see where it goes from here. Exactly. All right. Take care guys.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share, or send us your comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Find us on Twitter using the hashtag PROnlineChat. We're looking forward to hearing from you.